Welcome to Companion Chapel. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area, beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous January 2nd, 221 day. In this lesson, this lesson is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This lesson is about respecting others. And don't think you're, don't think you're that big of a star. It doesn't matter who you think you are. This is about respecting others, and it's what God expects. But first, I have this ministry legally registered to uh, as a non-profit Canadian corporation. It's registered as Companion Chapel Worldwide Ministry, and you can find that at companionchapel.com or companionchapel.info or companionchapel.net or companionchapelpodcast.com. Now, I need help with all those places. I need help with those websites, and I need your help. I can teach the Bible cover to cover for you, so please incorporate your gift, your God-given gift into the sanctioned ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. Biblical literacy starts here. Be part of it at the Companion Chapel Worldwide Ministry. Right now it's just me. And so I really need people to come around and let's make this something. Okay, so 2 Corinthians. Please turn in your Bible with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And it's got teaching through Paul. And it reads, verse 1, Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in present and base among you, but being absent and bold towards you. Now Paul's saying, hey, listen up, right? I'm not a big shot when I'm around you. I'm just like you. I'm no better, no worse. And just, I'm one of your brothers and sisters, okay? I'm just that little part of the many-membered many body of Christ, and I just happen to be a teacher, and I set stuff up. I have knowledge to set stuff up and make churches, okay? So, But I, that doesn't make me any better than you. And but when he's away, his letters come across as very bold. Okay, so that's fine. But he's a bold teacher when he's there, but he doesn't act like a big shot. That's what he's saying. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Okay, this is people pointing fingers and, and things. People are looking at you, sizing up Paul and they're stuck in their their ways. And there was a lot of uh, moral corruption, spiritual corruption in this church when it was first set up. Like Paul set it up here, then he had to go somewhere, and it attracted those kinds of people. They infiltrated the church like parasites with their just morally corrupt ways, spiritually corrupt ways. And now they look at him and like, hey... You know, look at he speaks against us personally. No, that's not how it is. It's the doctrine of our Lord Jesus Christ. This book is a consistent, consistent thought pattern of unchanging principles. It is a higher power's reason resolve written in the councils of eternity, and it covers infinity, back, present, and future. And that's what we have here. And so if people want to take or, or, or have any thoughts outside the Word of God, it is void and without form. It means next to nothing. And... They're trying to um, compare themselves. They're almost kind of trying to start uh, a fight here. Let's see how this transpires. Three. For we walk in the flesh, we do not war after flesh. Yeah, Paul's not going in there as, as Paul the wrestler from parts unknown, and he's going to fight these people. And if you win, you're going to believe in God. And if he loses, they're going to have, you know, their statues of phallic statues or statues with some chick named Daphne with, you know, boobies galore on the front or whatever they want to worship back then and they do it today too they worship material things and worship your own gods and your own god mostly people today worship themselves because they worship what they think is right you have your religion i have my religion you have your set of beliefs i have my set of beliefs well really because my set of beliefs are bound in this book and they are written in the councils of eternity by my father lord god and that's what we need to have as our standard for we walk in the flesh yeah we walk tripping around i'm not looking 
going to fight you. I'm not going to try and I'm not going to Bible thump you hardcover style. I could care less. If you want to listen to it and you want to understand what's written in this book, I can teach it to you. And that's what Paul is saying also. Four, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Exactly. Again, I'm not going to go around and I'm not going to, no, I'm not carrying a shotgun or whatever kind of gun's cool now to carry for, you know, whatever. You know, it's not warfare. It's not, this isn't a carnal fight. This is a spiritual fight. This is a fight for your soul. Much more serious. Fear not those who can kill the body, but those who can kill the soul, as, as Jesus Christ told us. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So every imagination, man's imaginations, thoughts or reasonings, you know, man's books, man's theories, thoughts, and as it's written in the Bible, let's just take this from the Bible. It says, there are many ways that seemeth right unto man, but they are the ways to death. Yeah, they seem right. They sound exciting. They get a little crowd going. Maybe they get a bunch of followers on the computer or on uh, whatever the social media is. And, oh, this is good. Look at all these cool people that think the same way. Yeah, let's have some more philosophy and theories. And it's just the thing about philosophy and the thing about not true science uh, is that there's never a linear progression towards the truth. It never can hit a truth because there's no truth there. So they always go around in circles until they come back to their theories, go around hypothesis, go around, and then they start getting angry. Who are the angriest people I've ever met in my life are atheists. Atheists and people that, be that believe in evolution. Because all for evolution is just such an embarrassment to mankind, and I don't even acknowledge it anymore. Because if evolution were true, there would have to be an infinite array of fossils for every single species come and gone, and that is now from the single cell up to what we see today or what's gone. At every minute stage of transition, there would have to be an infinite array of fossils. And they don't exist. Period. Okay? And science has proven that over and over and over. And so it's an abomination to God to consider that. And it's an embarrassment to mankind. It's just when you look at these people, you pray for them and say, come on, man, just get over it. Like, it doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. There's a creator, and its proof is right there. Have you seen God? We see what God's done. We know what he's done. So we've seen God. Five, casting him. Okay, a six. And having in our readiness to revenge all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. This is not revenge. It's avenge. It's to make right, okay? We're trying to make right uh, disobedience. We're trying to show you the way there is a change in your mind, there's a repentance available, there's eternal life available, if you want it. Verse 7. Do you look on things after the outward appearance? That's a great question. Are you superficial like that? Uh, that's a question right out of the Bible here. If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. Now, this is, a, this is a lesson about people that think they're better than others. There's a lesson about Christians who point fingers and look at others with disdain instead of having the love of Christ in your heart. You have to have the love of Christ in your heart. You can't point fingers. You can't. It's like, look at the moat in that guy's eye when you got a beam in your eye, as Jesus Christ said. You don't play like one-upmanship on each other in the many-membered body. Okay, especially pastors, preachers. Eight, for though... 
I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord hath given us for edification and not for your destruction. I should not be ashamed. The word of God is for your edification. It is your instructions. It's God's instructions. It's God's promises written in the councils of eternity. It's your inheritance and you have to claim it. We don't want anybody going to the hell side. We're Lazarus and the rich man. We're the rich man sitting over there begging for a drop of water, but you can see the rich man's attitude. He still carries all the self-pride and, and controlling. He thinks he knows better. He orders uh, Lazarus around and he orders Abraham to do something. It's just like, get over yourself, man. And this is what this is about. Edification, humbling, being meek means to, means to say no to yourself in the face of curiosities, of, of other doctrines, of other ways of thought, of thinking you think you know better than God's word. If, Especially people who think, well, some parts of it are okay and some parts I don't really like. Well, you don't like it? Well, then there's a place for you that God set up. And it's very unfortunate that, that you think that you know better and you think you know something better than God. It's not for your destruction. It's not so you can judge it. Don't judge the very book that you will be judged by. I should not be ashamed. Paul's not going to be ashamed because he's teaching the Bible. He doesn't care. You know, he doesn't care what people think. Nine, that I may not seem as I would terrify you by letters. Uh, some of the letters would seem harsh to people because they live in they live amongst barnyard morals, which society now has deemed as normal, the new normal. That's mostly in uh, the the global media, which is just destitute of truth, just just disgusting. It's one of Satan's four dynasties, and. What we're talking about here is Paul is saying, don't be terrified by this. You have to understand, there's a set standard, and it's not your standard, and it doesn't go by society. Well, that was a long time ago, and we've changed. We're much more advanced. We're modern now. Okay, really? Look at the state of the earth. We've turned it into a chemical toilet, and it's nothing but wars and rumors of wars, and it's, it's famine, God's word not being spread around the world because people are too chintzy with their money, and pestilence. Jeez, COVID-19. Was that written somewhere in the Bible? <laughs> Lots of places. Mark 13, Matthew 24, Luke 21, Revelation chapter 6. I don't know. I could go on. Pandemic just means pestilence. It's the same word. Okay, Christ told us all things. 11, uh, 10. For his letter, say they, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Whoa, Paul taking it right off the chin here. This guy's weak. He's soft. He's no. When he's around, he doesn't care if he's teaching the Bible and you want to and you want to uh, just leave and judge and size Paul up or size the Bible teacher up. Go look at him. He's weak. Look, he's pushing. Uh, well, I shouldn't say a grocery cart, but yeah, whatever. He's pushing a grocery cart. Yeah, I'm driving a Cadillac. You know, don't don't think you're better than other people. Don't sit there and size people up and point at them with disdain. It goes back to verse 7. Do you look on things after the outward appearance? Do you look on Mr. Fancy Pants there with the backwards collar and, and perfect hair, perfect teeth? You know, let's talk about um, a few super preachers around the world. Let's talk about them. Just think about your favorite super preacher. I don't want to say any names. Just think about them. Do they teach you the Bible? Or do they sell you book after book after book? Do you think you can go up in front of your maker and go, look at the stack of books I got, and I read them all. Jesus Christ, my Savior, I read them all. They're all about you. He's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. You can read all of Joyce's books, and you will never understand the Bible. What a waste of time. God gave you this perfect book. It's perfect in every way. 
It's Alpha 2 Omega. It covers everything. Christ came in the volume of the book. He sent his only begotten son, his righteous right arm for us. He manifests a little lower than the angels. He's our teacher, our rabbi, our master, our wonderful counselor. He's wisdom personified. Who are these people that think they can write books about the Bible? You're biblically illiterate. Christ will say, depart from me. I never knew you. You never got to know me. I never got to know you. Go over there and, you know, and get over yourself thinking that you knew better. Follow the super preacher. Follow the guy, even the local guy behind the pulpit. Again, using the Bible as a book of quotes. Let's get a rock and roll band playing up on stage. Or let's get Mr. Boring up there who just, who just holy jeez, like you can't even pay attention to him for 10 minutes. You know, like let's teach the Bible with salt. And if you want to judge somebody about their bodily appearance and their speech is contemptible, then you better watch it. Because let's see what it says here. Let such a one think this. Here's Paul back at these people. That such as we are in the word by letters when we are absent, such will we also be indeed when we are present. We walk the walk and we talk the talk. So get back from me, fancy pants. Get back from Mr. Judgmental, Mr. Disdain, looking down your nose on somebody, you know, because they're a Christian and they can teach the Bible. Oh, I've lived it, believe me, as a personal experience. Who's this guy? Wasn't he the guy that did this? And wasn't he the guy that did that? Didn't he? Well, like, ew. You know, I'm not going to listen to this guy. Go ahead, listen to somebody else. But listen to somebody that's teaching the Bible. You know, 12. For we dare not make ourselves of the number. Wait. Okay, Paul walks the walk. 12. We For we dare not to make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that command themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So what this saying is Paul didn't walk into town with the big foam finger on with the number one and go, yes, here I am. I'm number one. Christ stuck me down on the road to Damascus. I'm the man. This is me, Paul. Look at me. Pat me on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he didn't dare do that make a number of himself. He's a part of the many-membered body. We're all equal. He doesn't compare himself to other people. He, he doesn't measure themselves as people measure themselves and think they're big shot. Hey, that's my parking spot right in the front. It's got my name on it. Yeah, that's me. Me, I, me. Yeah, no. Paul is humble and meek. Same with Jesus Christ. Humble and meek. And meek means self-disciplined. It means you afflict yourself. You say no to curiosities that come up in your face every day. There are temptations and trials every single day on this world. The ways of the world are endless. Learn how to have discipline. Learn to say no to yourself. Learn what's right and wrong because Christ is the light and the light is the truth and the truth is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And there's no purgatory. There's no limbo. There's no lawyers there. There's no negotiating. I lived a good life. I think I know what's going on. I know what's better for people. Hey, you can say that till you're out of breath and the sun goes down every day. It doesn't mean a hill of beans. When Christ shuts that door and you're on the wrong side, that's the rod of iron. You beat yourself with it. You just beat yourself up over and over with the doctrine that you carry things you can't let go. And we're all, and if we make it on the good side, those of us that want to be on the good side with Christ, because we want to chill with Christ, you know, get that nice lawn chair and that nice milk crate for an ottoman and just be sitting there. We're praying for you. We're praying for all the people. Let it go, man. Let go what you're carrying. Let go of your ways, thinking you're better, thinking you have entitlement, thinking you have one-upmanship over other people, looking down on other people with disdain. 
even thinking bad things about other people. Hey, if he's got what's coming to him, yeah, and I'm gonna watch him burn. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the dime on him. I'm gonna call the cops on him. I'm gonna you know what? That is a crappy way to live, and that has no place in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> that is evil. That is hell. Okay. Anyways, you get what I'm trying to say here. Thirteen. But we will not boast of things without our measure. But according to the measure of the rule of God hath distributed to us a measure to reach even you. God measures out your gifts and he measures out, okay, I gave this guy a gift. It's a mile long. Okay? Look at this. Look what I gave this guy. Let's measure in God's measuring. Are you going to fulfill your gift? Because a talent not fulfilled is not a talent at all. A talent not used is not a talent at all. If God gave you the gift of understanding, or God gave you the gift of money, or God gave you the gift of organizing, God gave you the gift of welcoming people, what is your gift? Use it. You're just as important as the other people. No comparing, no thinking, hey, the person that opens the door isn't as important as me because I'm up here behind the pulpit. Absolutely not. We're all humble. We're all part of the many-membered body. We all love each other to pieces, and we all pray for the whole world equally because the love of Christ in your heart insists upon you to do just that. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure as though we reached not unto you. For we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. That's what it's all about. That's what we measure ourselves. We're preaching and we measure ourselves. Okay, did we teach as good as we could teach today? Did I fulfill my, my obligation to God as much as I could today and then have another day? You know in the Bible when it says, live a long life. Live long. That's not what it means. That's the Hebrew language is very specific. And the Hebrew language, the sense and meaning of that phrase is live fulfilling days. There's no use living to your 80 and then all of a sudden your days weren't fulfilling. Like one boring day after another boring day, not fulfilling, just not feeling satisfied, not feeling like you're part of something, like just being part of the ways of the world and just being a slave to the bank or a slave to the polit polit political system or slave to money till you die. Like, that's a drag. That's not fulfilling. You fulfill your gift from God every day. Whether you live to your 40, 20, 60, 100, have this what it means in the Bible. May your days be fulfilling. And fulfill your gift to God. That's what you're measured on. 15. Not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. You know what this is? This is preachers ripping off other preachers' stuff. Like they come up with a one-liner or something, and then they'll just take off on it and even write a book about it. Who knows? Like, I'm one guy that I know people have ripped my stuff off so many times, and I'm sitting here, I don't got two nickels to rub together, and they're, they're whipping around a chauffeur limousine Cadillac, right? But I don't really care. I pray for everybody. But this is what Paul's saying. He doesn't like that. Like if someone's teaching a certain way, then you study and you come to an understanding. Don't line for line the guy and quote for quote him and then, not, and then stand up there and act like you're some hero. Like let's just get down to where, uh, like let's say the rubber meets the road here. Don't boast about things. Don't, no, don't put yourself up on a pedestal because uh, you've ripped someone else off off the internet, some other preacher. Or that's what it's saying, okay? Paul wants the truth to be spread. That's what we want. Okay, so just, like, get over yourself. It's about Jesus Christ, our Savior. It's about the grace of God. It's about, it's about the cross and what the cross meant. It's about glorying the cross, that the cross was something that Jesus Christ did for us. He did for you. You know what? 
when people used to say to me, and this went on for years and years, and I'm, I'm not too embarrassed to say it. It took me 20 years, 20 years of me studying the manuscripts to understand the cross. I just didn't get it. I like he died for our sins. Like I, I just wasn't getting it until I was praying and praying and try, praying for understanding. And I prayed, and it came to me. He did not compromise with evil. He set up a place where there's no evil, no pain, no suffering, where God shall wipe away all tears. It's legitimate because if He did compromise with evil, if He did come down off that cross, then. It would not have been legitimate. Any thought or intent that Jesus Christ had that was not pure, that was that was corrupt, or that had blame or sin in it, would have been allowed into the new kingdom of heaven, and it wouldn't have been legitimate. It would have been another new hell like we have here, like what we've done to planet Earth here. We've turned it into a chemical toilet full of war and misery and suffering. All the evil in the world is perpetuated by the human heart, and we got this menace Satan, demons, devils, evil spirits, whipping around, playing snare drums in people's heads, thinking they, uh, you know, you know, pounding into them. You have entitlement. You're better than other people. You get more followers on social media. Get You're, you're prettier. You have pretty privilege. You know, you don't have to put up with that. You, you deserve it. You know what? We don't deserve it. nothing. We deserve absolutely nothing. And as soon as you realize that, then you'll come to appreciate the basic necessities of life and stop hoarding your stuff and stop being possessive of your stuff and have the love of Christ come into your heart. You have to let it go. And I understand that now and I'm overwhelmed. I can barely talk about it. Christ did not compromise with evil. And he did that for us. 16, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line or things ready to our hand. Yeah, there's another man's line. In other words, you know, stop, you know, don't word for word another pastor. Like, get to learn. And don't overstep your spot in the many-membered body. You have to get, you know, pray for understanding. Pray for the spirit of prophecy or pray for the spirit of making money or whatever your gift is. Pray for the spirit of social media management. Like, I know people have stuff on the internet that gets millions of hits and it's absolute garbage it's just stupid because they know how to manage social media i just upload these podcasts i don't know where they go i have no clue if anyone's even listening but if someone could spread this word of god around the world your blessings will just equal my blessings and it will equal everybody's blessings out there and nobody should want more or to be like some kind of authoritative figure in the kingdom of god we all want to be together we all want to be equal and we all want to pay homage to God and pay and glorify Jesus Christ, our Lord, and Lord God and Savior. Like it's not about being better or being thinking you're better than others or thinking you deserve more than others or thinking I'm better, looking I deserve more. You know what I'm trying to say. And that's what was really driven home in this lesson, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. But he that glorifieth, that glorieth, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Exactly. Don't glory in yourself. That's what I was just trying to say. I should have just let the Bible teach itself. You know, I just basically broke the last uh, verse there. Another man's line. Let's say it's God's line. Let, but he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. It means you pay homage to the Lord. You think everything is because God allowed you. You think you're so good looking, God allowed that. What are you going to do with it? And generally, really good looking people, it's a curse. They get insecurities and they get worries and they sit there spending hours and hours on their makeup and then they start to sag when they get old because that's what's going to happen to you. And then they get Botox and all kinds of crap and it's as superficial as it can be. Glory to God. Pay glory to God. 
nothing else matters. It's your spiritual body. You take care of your flesh body and you use God's gift that he gave to you. For not that he commendeth himself and approved. Okay, for not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. That's right. You can't pat your own back. You don't sit there and think you're better because you did something. You do it for other people. You feel meek. You feel humble. And you feel wanting. You feel the glory of God in you and you want to give. And God's ways of gain are by giving. The devil's ways of gain are by taking. And takers are a drag. And there's a spot for them. And we pray that they can give it up and stop being hoarders and stop thinking they deserve stuff and stop thinking they earned it when they didn't. You know, takers are a drag. Always remember the Big Ten, Exodus chapter 20. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area, beautiful Ontario, Canada. I hope you enjoyed that. Second Corinthians chapter 10. I enjoy bringing it to you. I wish I could do this all day long. I could teach the Bible for you cover to cover. But I need the many member body around me because I'm just one man. I love you to pieces. I'm sitting here at number 338 Side Road 28 slash 29, Sogging Shores, Ontario, Canada, N-O-G-2-G-O. My phone number is 519-706-8876. Um, I rarely hear my phone call because the phone's never charged because I don't have any electricity here. I'm living in a dilapidated house. If you can come help me be part of the mini-member body, you want to join this church, you take that up with Jesus Christ because it's his church. This is his property. People can come here and, and uh, put up uh, mobile homes. You can come here camping or you can come here and put up a... Uh, what are those things called? Shipping container homes or what have you. But help support this ministry. It's not for me. I don't want anything. I have no needs or wants past the basic necessities of life. And I'm, I I prove it. I've already been here. I was here seven years before. And then I left for 13 years, unfortunately. And now I'm back. I'm not leaving no matter what. I'm here. And there's nothing I want. I just have my doggy, my little puppy, Lon Landau Ray. I got a wood stove here. I could use some drywall here. I'm sick of looking at the installation, but who am I? What do I deserve? I don't deserve anything. I deserve nothing. I humble myself. I love you to pieces. Thank you very much for listening. Please support this podcast by sharing it or supporting it or whatever your gift may be. Thank you very much. Have a great day and bye for now.